Hello, Tiffany. Welcome to the Recovering Entrepreneur Podcast. Hello, Bobby. Thanks so much for having me today. Oh, it's great to have you. I am excited to share you with the world. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you would like to start us off. I really, I like the personal side first. So if you don't mind, maybe talk a little bit about where you're from, your family, animals, whatever. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. So I live in Missouri, uh, just outside of St. Louis in a little town called Union, Missouri. And I have had my business for uh, about 10 and a half years now, and I'm home-based. So my home office is where is my world. And um, I am married to my husband, Matt, and I, we have one nine-year-old son, Aiden. And um, yeah, and that, that pretty much is my world, <laughs> work and my family and my, my community. Yeah. Awesome. I like St. Louis. I love that, that museum. That's crazy that I'm too scared to go on the top of. It's the city museum. Oh my gosh. That place is amazing. Yes. If everybody, if anybody comes to St. Louis, you have to check out the city museum, like no other place you'll ever experience. Exactly. We were there for 24 hours and we hit the museum, the train station, a game. Like we were like trying to get it all oh in. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. I like St. Louis. I need to give back. It's fun. It is. So what do you do out there? What's this home-based business? What does that look like? Sure. So right now what we do, uh, my company is Lone Orange, and we help solopreneurs figure out how to scale their business beyond just themselves. Because solopreneurs get into business for what they love to do, and they do it really well. But there comes a moment when you can't do it all. And so it's time to start growing a team and many are resistant as I was early on in my career uh, when I started my business. Actually, when I started my business, I said, I don't want to have people. I want to just do the work and I was happy doing the work. And then I realized that there was a ceiling. There was a limit to my time and my energy and the hours in the day. Um, and so helping solopreneurs be able to get past that, like that, that next level of getting to starting to grow a team, maybe tying your VA. When I started my business, I was a virtual assistant. So like, I understand that world very well. And so it's helping to hire a VA, helping to get an account, just bringing other people in so that they can scale their brand and have a greater impact in the world. May I ask what you did before this business? Yes. So even before the business, you want to know? Yeah. So my, okay. So kind of the quick, long history <laughs> is, so my degree was in graphic design. This, this is, and this is important because my journey was kind of varied. Well, my degree was in graphic design, but I never worked professionally. Um, like I never went to work for a company because when I graduated, like all I could see was myself sitting in a cubicle for 80 hours a week with somebody standing over me with a bullwhip <laughs> saying, be creative, be creative, be and that just made me cringe. Right. So I actually took a big detour and ended up in youth work for several years. In what? Like we were working, I was working with youth. So oh. youth work. So it was youth ministry first. And then I worked with a urban mentoring and tutoring program. <clears throat> so quite a detour. <laughs> and then it came time where I just needed something different. I needed a new job. And so I had grown up with the company that I was with and I had been a program person where I was actually working with the kids and I kind of grown up in the company to become the administrator of the whole organization. So I had learned a lot. We were a nonprofit 
And so we didn't have a lot of money to hire big ticket consultants <laughs> and help, you know, people to help me figure out how to do these things. So I had to figure out the accounting and the HR and how to hire people, how to fire people, how to manage people, all of those things that a small organization needs, I had to figure out kind of on my own. But then it came time where I was like, I, I needed something different. So I started looking around for a job to try to, figure, to find something, but I had such a weird grouping of things, that, of skills that I had now obtained and things I enjoyed doing. There wasn't a job description for that. <laughs> So I made my own. <laughs> I became, that's when I decided to become an entrepreneur. And at that point, because I was doing so much of the admin work, I said, well, I can help other people, um, <clears throat> other solopreneurs, other, other people with that back office stuff, because that's what I like to do. So that's why I started my business as a virtual assistant. And that's kind of, and then it's evolved from there into where we are now. And I can go into that more if you want, but I want to bore, bore you with that story. <laughs> well, you you actually got me, I was going to ask you a question and now I understand it because what I was struggling, what, what I'm seeing, and I guess it's a struggle because I would just want everybody to have the skills and the gifts that you're talking about. And it sounds like you got them when you were working with that company and you hit on the pain points, right? Hiring, firing, administrative, mm -hmm. uh, accounting, mm -hmm. like as the solopreneur, you need to understand those things. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. And as, as someone who's running a VA business, I'm starting to see that there's these beautiful people that have great messages and they want to do the things, uh -huh. but all this stuff that I took for granted in my corporate world, in my history, they don't have it. They don't yeah. have gifts. Yeah. So I was wondering... You must see that because that's who you're catering to, right? Totally, totally. And and truly that aspect of it is kind of a recent revelation for myself too, because as, as with solopreneurs in general, we just do what we do really well. And so we just kind of move along and we kind of assume that everybody knows the same things, <laughs> which is not true. And so it was kind of this big revelation for me to realize, oh, that, it, that idea of hiring is a real struggle. The idea, like to me, you want to go hire a VA? Sure, go hire a VA. But people are like, I want to hire a VA, but oh my gosh, that's stressful. And I don't know what to do. How am I going to find the right person? How am I not going to get burned? How am I? How am I? How am I? So I was like, well, that is part, that's a big part of what I do is helping, is getting people prepared to do that to scale that. So yeah, that, I mean, that is, there are so many hats that we wear as business owners. And so when we come from, you know, the, the kind of the traditional path is you have your job, you, you have your corporate or whatever, your nonprofit life. And you're like, I can do this and I can do it on my own. And you go out and you're like, well, I'm just going to keep doing that work, not thinking about or not realizing how big of a part the finance, the, the team building and HR, the, all the back office admin stuff, answering emails, like all of that stuff takes up so much time. And we wear so many different hats and we have to constantly switch those hats rather than just being able to do and serve the way we want to serve. So, yeah. yeah so that's a big aha for people when they get into business. I think, I think for me, I'm the flip side. Like I like the visionary stuff. I like the business mm -hmm. stuff. And that's why where I'm landing, you know, a year ago, I was in a whole different space than I am now, mentally uh, yeah. and the vision and who I can help. And once I 
So doing the whole addiction stuff has a whole different context to it than business stuff. And I think that's what gets me excited now is I get to use my business skills. Mm -hmm. And again, I take them for granted, probably Mm -hmm. the same way you said that Mm -hmm. they don't always, they, they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I'm kind of in that we then that middle space where it's you're not necessarily a startup. The the people that I best help, you're not necessarily a startup. Um, although I can help startups, but generally there's a lot of learning that needs to happen. But you kind of you're having the, the people that I best help, my sweet spot is they've been in business for a while, they've had some success, they've they know that they're gonna do this and they're gonna keep going. But how do I take the leap from I'm on my own to let's help get some help? Or let's start systematizing things so I can be more efficient and effective and grow that way. So it's kind of the the ready to hit that growth stage is kind of where I can really best help folks. So if I was to ask you for a tip or a trick just to serve Mm -hmm. the audience along that way, aside from hiring you to help with all of this, (laughs) is there... um, is there something that you can give them as a, as a nugget to walk away from this? Sure. There are probably a bunch, but let, I mean, where I usually start, especially for solopreneurs is identity um, and getting really clear on who you are as a solopreneur. Now, here's the thing. When you were a solopreneur and we're starting our own business, that that identity, the business identity and the person identity are so intertwined, right? Like, like you're starting your business, so your business is you. It is your baby. But when you're to that point where you're like, I need to grow this beyond me, like this can't just be me doing all the things all the time, you have to start getting clear on being able to explain that identity um, and being able to convey it to other people and hire people that fit that same identity, that align with that identity. So getting clear on things like, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? What's your brand personality? What's your company values? Um, who do you best serve and why? Having all of that in a packaged form or in a clear form where you can say, this is who I help, this is what I do for them, and this is why I do it. You're going to attract people to come work with you who have that same value system. And those are the people that you're going to love working with. You're also going to attract clients who align with that same value system and that brand identity. Those are the clients you're going to love. Those are not going to be the clients who suck your energy and your time and your money. Those are going to be the clients who love you, who you love, and who are going to pay you what you're worth, which is always important. So getting clear on that identity is the number one, number one thing. Um, And it often feels kind of uh, a given sometimes. Like I think I talk to a lot of people who I, I talk this through with. I'm like, well, yeah, I know who I am. Oh, great. Okay. So tell me a little bit about who you are. Well, blah, blah. And then they start stumbling over themselves because they feel like they know it, but they can't explain it in a way that makes sense and, and compels other people. So having that identity is the foundation. It is your culture. You are building, as a solopreneur, you're building a culture. And if you don't have, which is weird to think, but if, because we think corporate culture, right? We think, the, we think the Apples and the Googles of the world have great culture. Well, even as a solopreneur, even if you start just bringing in contractors, you have a culture that you are building. And that comes from that identity. So having that identity 
is hands down the first and most important thing that any solopreneur, any business owner really needs to get clear on from my perspective and my humble opinion. No, that's, I agree. And I'm actually, you know, before we turned on record, I had said to you that I've evolved in my brand identity Mm -hmm. and it's, um, it's a lot. And, and my poor team, right? Like I've paid for the same activities three or four times because that's how many times I've changed my mind. But it's what the clients are kind of telling me or what the universe is kind of telling me. So do you have, do you have clients that go through that, that, change or yeah shoot I've gone through that as a business owner I mean and I do think and that's why like I say that I kind of help the people kind of in that that place that step ready to to make the leap it's those that first section of starting a business that is that evolution and I think that's the perfect word it's an evolutionary stage it's it's a growing stage it's trying something learning from it and adjusting trying something learning from it and adjusting so um, we're constantly in an evolutionary mode and you're always going to be learning something and saying, oh, that is a really good thing. And I need to add that to what I do. Now that's different from getting sidetracked by bright shinies <laughs> and, and you know, the, the uh, opportunities that present itself be like, oh yes, this is it being. And that's again, why having that identity is so powerful because if you have your core values dialed in and you know your company personality, those things aren't going to change no matter what you are selling. Those things are not going to change. So I made, I mentioned I started off my business in business as a virtual assistant and I did that for two years. Um, Now I actually had a trademark issue against the name that I had chosen. So I was also being forced to change my name, but it happened at a perfect time because I spent those two years learning a ton, figuring out who I was, what, how I was going to operate this business, how I was going to handle all of those hats. Um, and I learned so much in that, that it came time when it was time to change my name. I also did a lot of introspection and said, that's, that's not, that's not who I am. That's not the business I want to build. I need to do other things. And what I had been seeing is solopreneurs and business owners who were out and about networking and presenting them, they were awesome. Like you would talk to them and they were amazing. And then they'd hand you this homemade business card or a brochure that they printed out in their basement. And as a graphic designer, as a trained graphic designer, I thought I was mortified because they were undermining how awesome they were. And so that's what I learned in those two years. One of the things I learned in those two years. And that's where I said, okay, I need to bring my graphic design skills back up. They were always there. Like I've always done freelance, but they, they were never at the forefront. And I said, that's what I need to help people with. I need to give them that visual voice. Well, so I did graph, all graphic design. Well, coming out of that, people would come to me and say, okay, Tiffany, I need a logo. And I'd say, great. What do you want to communicate with that logo? And they'd look at me and go, oh, what do you mean? So we had to backtrack and figure out that identity. Who are you? Who are you trying to serve? How are we going to communicate that visually? And so that has been the evolution. So now I'm to the point where I'm doing more of that consulting because I love pulling that out of solopreneurs. I love helping them. They've got so much going on in their heads, helping them pull out those magic strands that are, this is what makes you so special. This is what's important to your client. How are we going to put that into a business identity 
And we still do the graphic design. Like that's the, we still have a creative agency side of my business, but the coaching is where I just get so much out of it because it's helping people have that big aha and understand how to clarify that brand identity. It's hard work, but it's, it is that evolution. So just like my evolutionary track, I understand that evolution and that constant um, working on what you're doing until you finally find that groove. And you'll never, because you'll never get to that groove without all these experiences. So I cannot say, yes, I would have loved to get to where I am today faster, but those 10 years of growth and evolution, I needed to get to where I am. Like there, I could not have taken another path. It's, it's made me who I am today. I, I agree with that mentality a million percent. You triggered a question now because it sounds like you went through a lot, right? To get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess my question is this, and, and hopefully I'm going to present this right way. Change, self-awareness, you know, the investment in your time, energy, figuring yourself out. I think that it takes a certain kind of mindset, right? To not just quit and throw in the towel. Cause I think that would be much easier and much more comfortable. Right. Right. So what are your feelings on mindset and what does that look like for you? Oh my gosh. Mindset is huge. Um, Cause you're right. There have been many, 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 many days where I said <laughs> it would be a heck of a lot easier to just quit and go get a job because it just seemed safer. It seemed less conflicting. There wasn't as much conflict. There wasn't as much agony in myself. I mean, even um, the other part of the evolution that I didn't get into is even myself having to rebrand. Um, just in the last two years, I've rebranded myself and that was painful. <laughs> and I'm a branding coach. <laughs> I, had, I had to hire somebody to help me because I couldn't pull it out of my own brain. Somebody else has to see it. You know, somebody else had to see it. They have to hold up that mirror um, for us so that we can see it. Um, and so mindset, resilience is a huge, huge thing. That ability to get knocked down and maybe wallow for a little bit and say, man, I should just go quit and give up. But being able to say, no, I don't want to. I, I, I want to make this work. I want to make it succeed. Succeed. Um, brush yourself off and getting back at it. And constantly, it's a curiosity. How can I make this better? How can I do this differently? How can I make this work for me and my family? Or for, and again, back to the identity, it's having that why to keep you driving forward. Because if you don't have that understanding of your big why, your, your deep why, not just a, because I want to make money, but a deep why, that's going to drive you forward and keep you going even on those dark days, which we all have. <laughs> I, I have to thank you because I'm having an aha moment with your coaching right now. Good. And yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm going to share it with you. Okay. It has to do with, it has to do with the show. And I think you saw the art, the artwork mm-hmm. on the show, right? Yep. Yep. Really been struggling. One is very like prim and proper and one is very like loosey goosey Bobby. And there's two sides to it, right? But as you're talking, I did not become an entrepreneur to be dictated by norms and rules, right? And as Mm -hmm. you're talking about personal branding, Mm -hmm. 
And what's my identity? My identity is I don't give a shit about that stuff. And I want to have fun. And I want to eat dessert first. And I want to do the things. I want to get in the car and drive around for five weeks. And I feel much better about posting my crazy picture. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah you just okay. identity because the ultimate dream for me has nothing to do with any of this world. It has to do yeah. with, the, you know, a recovery playground. So this is all just stepping stones to make me good for when I build that chain and I get to help people. So it's beautiful. Yeah, totally. I don't need to be a suit in the boardroom. I don't need to make a podcast cover to appease other people. Either people are going to like me or not because mm-hmm. that's who my brand is and I'm comfortable with that. So you just made me a hundred percent more comfortable with that. Good. Yeah. So I would absolutely. So, so getting clear on who you are and what you want to convey to the world and then just make, then it's making sure that that, that, what, that cover or anything that you produce communicates that. So that would be the only thing that I'd want you to make sure. So it's one thing to say, I don't give a shit and I'm going to put out this picture because I like it. It's another thing to say, this is what I'm trying to communicate because the visual communication is so powerful and stronger than even the verbal communication. Verbal communication is important. But because we're communicated visually so much faster than the verbal, making sure that those align. You know what I mean? So, and I'm not saying it's not, I don't, I don't know. And, and, you know, we can, I can go back and look or whatever, but, um, but just making sure that what that message is that you're trying to convey is what is communicated in the visual, in the podcast cover, in the website, in the logo, in your headshot, in whatever, um, just make sure that that's communicate, communicated. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. And the reason I wanted to tell you is because I was having this mm-hmm. moment as you were talking about yeah. it, I wanted to share that. So you just went a little deeper for my audience on that. I, and I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and because that goes for anybody. And that's what visual communication is, <clears throat> is communicating visually the message that you have. And it's being consistent on that message uh, both visually and verbally. <clears throat> so making sure that you know who you are, what that message is, who you're trying to reach, and then how are you communicating that vis- visually and verbally and making sure that's aligned and it's consistent and you have the constant drum beats of the same kind of message. And then that's when people get your message and start talking about it to other people. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You. Good. Yeah, that was, that was huge for me. So I'm being a little selfish unintentionally, but I'm being a little selfish. That's okay. I'm sure hopefully other people are getting something out of this too. I, I'm sure because what you're saying is very powerful and very important. Is there anything else, uh, any major points that you want to share that I'm not thinking to ask? Sure. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I could talk for days on this, right? <laughs> what I will say is just kind of from a bigger perspective. So you asked me the one tip, right? And I said the one tip was figure out your identity first. What, given my evolution and the, the path that I have uh, traveled my personal self, but then also by watching the clients that I'm helping, I have seen what I can only identify as four foundational pillars that a business needs before they can scale, before they can really have the impact in the world that they want to have. So I put those four, and so that, that's what I teach my clients now. So I put those four pillars into a four-step process called the Scale Your Brand Method. And the first one is, you could guess, identity. 
<laughs> getting clear on that essence and really who you are. The second one then is message because that perfectly, once you know who you are, then you can communicate that and who you're communicating it to and how you're going to reach them. And I'm big in that in the messaging part, <clears throat> I talk, of course, about visual communication, but also verbal communication, but also making the right choices about how you're going to reach them. So a big thing is for, especially for solopreneurs, <clears throat> you know, we go to a class on Instagram or on TikTok and all of a sudden, and you're told you have to be on TikTok for modern marketing. And so you're like, oh my gosh, now I have to go do TikTok too. So I'm big on the idea that right marketing is what's right for you and right for your client. So we talk a lot about who you are and how is that going to flow out into meeting the people that you need to meet and not wasting your time on TikTok if that's not right for you or putting up a billboard if that's not right for you, <laughs> making sure it's strategic, right? So it's your identity, your essence, your expression, that messaging. The third step is your experience, your client experience, the client journey. What's the journey you're taking clients on? Um, <clears throat> again, as solopreneurs, we give our best to our clients and do what we do really well. And we're loving on our clients and we're doing things for them, we're helping them. But it can be, especially when it's all just ourselves, it can be haphazard. It can be kind of as we think about things, it can be certainly isn't something that is scalable because it's just what we do. So thinking through your client journey and what path you're taking your clients on so that one, you can figure out there's gaps um, of what, what they need from me that I'm not giving them right now mm. um, in different stages of their journey with you. There you can find, um, and then you can also find ways where you can kick it up a notch. How can I make this extra special for them? So that's the third step. So it's the identity, the messaging, um, the experience. And then the last one is the expansion. So then we talk and truly this to me is a secret sauce. It's the systems. Everybody says you got to have systems. You got to have systems. You got to have systems. And I heard that for many years and I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I try to cobble something together and it, Oh, well, I've got this little bit over here and this little bit over here. And I was looking for, I would say probably at least five years for somebody to help or for a way to figure this out. And nobody could tell me, everybody said I needed it. Nobody could tell me how to do it. And so I finally figured it out <laughs> how to do it. Um, and so, and to me, that is what breathes life into the identity and the messaging and experience. It's having the systems in place so that you can be more efficient, more effective, and you can delegate it to the right people who align with your identity. <laughs> so it's all comes together in this four-part system um, where you figure out who you are and then it breathes life into everything else and you get the systems to boot. I love that. I love that. And you're, you're right. Uh, again, um, I went through... So I went through a coaching program earlier this year and the coach was so adamant about making himself look good. Right. And he wanted me to get sales and run out and start coaching and charge and blah, 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 blah. It wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do in that moment. And I was more worried about the systems. I needed to have the foundation down. How was I going to take care of my client? I want a website. I want the things that make me comfortable. I knew there was automation 
why would I go take on clients and have like a shitty foundation? What would be the Yes. And he really was upset. And I know it was all about his image, right? Because the clients went out and they make, you know, 10,000, 15,000. Well, there's no scalability in that either because there's no, there's just no way. Right. You have to learn the things. And I could see that. And uh, it was really a pain point. And then we got on a call one day and I ran them through my computer and showed them some of, you know, my processes. And the next thing you know, he's telling the group, oh, Bobby's got some good systems. <laughs> yes, it's important. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think that's what's kind of fun too in our world, online education, networking, all the things that you and I do together, mm-hmm. separate together. But, you know, right. in that world, I think there needs to be the very creative and then there's like the business piece. And, and you're lucky you have it both. If you can do graphic design, yeah. that kind of stuff, and have a good handle on the business. I mean, that's I'm a hard weird brain. <laughs> What's that? I'm a weird brain. I geek out on, on graphic design and spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really a gift. I mean, I, I come from floral manager, right? And to promote into corporate level, you can't just do with the floral manager that's an amazing designer. They just don't have the capability. And it's not an insult. It's just how we are. Totally. It's very hard to learn the business. And yeah. just like me, I went through it and I was an okay designer, but a better business person. Like it really is clear. So like I said, I have great yeah. respect and admiration for you having both sides. That's pretty nice. good. Nice. Thank you. Two things come up with to, for me when you said that, that triggered for me. Can I share? Absolutely. So the first thing is coaching, especially, and obviously I keep talking about solopreneurs because that is where my heart is. And this really applies to any entrepreneurs, but coaching is a weird thing because I have never, once I hired my first coach, I've never been without a coach because I feel like coaching is helping me learn things that I don't know or don't know about myself that I need. So I'm always looking for what is the next thing I need and get the right coach. Um, so there's two things, one, and just kind of a word of the wise is making sure that you find a coach that you really click with on a personal level, um, and aligns with that identity, (laughs) you know, knowing who you are. The other thing is finding the right coach for where you're at. And I don't know your situation. I'm not, this isn't a commentary on your situation at all, but one of the things that I learned from one of my coaches several years ago that I thought was the most mind blowing and brilliant thing is doing things in the right order. Because when we started business, okay, I'm going to go start marketing. Like I just need clients. I need people in the door. I need people paying me. So you start with marketing. Well, then people come in the door and like, okay, great. Serve me. And you're like, oh, now what? (laughs) How do I do that? How do I sell you? How do I serve you? How do I finish up our project? So when, especially when we work through the client journey and then the systems, we always start with the service delivery first, because if you have that figured out, you have those cert, that systems figured out and you can deliver consistently and predictably and profitably and powerfully, um, then, then when you, then you figure out your sales process, then you go out and find people. And then once those people are in, they start trickling through that the sales process and your service delivery. They are wowed because you've promised many, many things. You've given them even more as opposed to 
let me get them in the door, push them through the process, that there is no process, and they run screaming because they're like, well, that's not what you promised me, or that's not what I expected. So we always start with that service delivery <clears throat> to just your point, because you got to get that stuff dialed in. Otherwise, I mean, you're going to crumble. Yeah, you hit it on the head about the expectations. I didn't get what I expected. The sales call was really good to get me in the door. <laughs> right. And, and I actually, I just went through this this week. I had went to a different conference. I found someone that I thought could add value. Uh -huh. And I think still they could. Then I spent the weekend at an event with them. And I've never had this experience. And I can't wait to see your face when I tell you what they did. Uh-oh. <laughs> It was, a, it was an online class, two and a half days. He literally threatened to throw us out of the group if we didn't have our cameras on. Yeah, that face, that face. And they don't understand why I want to not work with them. Wow, that's he, harsh. Yeah, and he would call people out if, like, if we were coming back from a break or something. Uh -huh. Turn on your cameras or we'll quietly remove you. Wow. paying for this. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't work with this guy. Like, I had to run for the freaking hills after that yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, so I just want to call out that point because you make a really good one for our listeners. Two things that you said. One, I agree with you a million percent. Now that I have coaches, I will never be without a coach. Yes. So I'll level up. I'll learn new things. I'll do whatever because you're 100% right. You have to be at a different like at different stages, you need different coaches, mm -hmm. million percent. There was a book that uh, one of my other peers recommended, and they made the point of, how do you be a coach if you don't have a coach? Mm -hmm. You're telling people you don't even believe in coaching. Yeah, right. <laughs> Another whole... <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. I never thought of it either. Uh -huh. And I had a third point, and I totally lost it. But, oh, to really... To really take the time to interview and get to know, like, as a client, you have a right to what you want or what you need. Uh -huh. And as someone who has, who's kind of like a softy, right? Like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. And, you know, I could see you being that kind of, you know, heart too. Um, we have to protect ourselves. So I'm saying that for the audience because it's, it's coming up and it hasn't come up before. And yeah, so important. Yeah, you're 100% right. And that and and then thinking about especially if you're in the business of coaching for the listeners, that's why having kind of the tiers of ways for people to experience you is important. You know, having the free ways or the low low price ways that people can experience you and get into your world and see if you're a fit. I'm a big believer that I I don't I, I don't want to sell just to sell. I want to sell if it's the right fit. Like I want to, I want to serve you. And in exchange for that, I expect money, of course, yes. But if you're, if I can't serve you, if I don't feel like I can help you or you're not going to be the right fit for what I need, then let's not do this. Like let's, let's go find you somebody else who can help you with what you need because there, there is the identity alignment <laughs> back, to, you know, back to my original point. Um, and that's not there those are the clients who are going to suck you dry of your energy, your time, your money. And it's not good for anybody. So 
bless them, release them. And for as a coach, as a, you know, for clients, whatever, but just looking for those people who you are meant to work with. Yeah. That's another point that I just want to echo. Cause you're right. Not every client's the right client and it's okay to feel that way. And it's okay to, what did you say? Bless them and release them. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I noticed that if the clients don't see the value in what we do, they're not my clients. Yeah. Yeah. Just that simple. Yeah. This isn't a, a haggling business. I'm doing the best I can to, to trade the right stuff. Um, right. As we all are right. Mm-hmm. Well, most of us, um, mm-hmm in this world. So it was another point. Yeah. And, and I, when I am vetting a client, when I'm having that sales conversation, so yes, I'm trying, I'm showing them the value of my services, but I'm also listening to them and trying to ask them questions to see if they're a fit. And I will go back to my identity and my core values, especially. And I look to make sure that they align with at least three of my four core values. Um, if not all of them, if they align all of them, then I know they're perfect, but, and they have to at least mostly line. But one of my, um, core values is coachable, coachable and community and collaborative. And if, if I'm talking to somebody and I've gotten this several times, if I'm talking to somebody and I'm offering them suggestions or asking them questions and they get defensive or, you know, they just don't have that posture of being willing to listen, then I know they're not going to be a good client. Not that I have all the answers, but I, my approach is working with them to figure out the answers. And if they can't do that, then I'm not the right coach for them. They're going to drive me nuts. I'm going to drive them nuts. So bless and release. <laughs> yes. Yes. So hopefully, it's important. hopefully the newer entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and even if, if you're someone who's looking for a job, this is another example that I believe in. When you go into an interview, you're interviewing that company too, whether it's in this entrepreneurial space or it's a big company, like it has to be a good fit. We spend most of our time in these environments. We have to be happy. Totally. At least that's my value system. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. If I went to go find a job right now, it would be a, a long, not a long search, but I would be very selective about who I would even think about joining. Yeah. So I'd have to look for that alignment. <laughs> yeah, it's important. But you know what? We're, we're sitting here with smiles on our faces, right? Like totally. totally. Wake up in the morning. So Right. Absolutely. So tell people, please, we're, oh, wait, not yet. I got to ask you my fun little question. Okay. Here we what, go. It, and it doesn't have to be business related. Okay. But what is your favorite book? Favorite book. Okay, the first one that comes to mind is a business-related book, <laughs> um, and I, it's Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. It, it To me, it is a must-read for all, especially solopreneurs, um, because it fills one of those hats, or at least it, it addresses one of those hats that we all have to wear, and that's the financial management. Um, when I got into business, I approached business like I was reconciling my personal checking account (laughs) and, you know, and, and so bills come in, you pay the bills and then what's left over is what I paid myself. So oftentimes I wouldn't pay myself. So profit first kind of flips that on the, on its end and teaches you how to pay yourself first, still take care of your business, but you pay yourself first. And that has been transformative in my business so that I can pay, my, pay myself every month and not kind of come second, for, second, second fiddle. 
um, to the business. So profit first is my number one recommendation for, especially for entrepreneurs. That is awesome. You said Michael who? Mike McCallowitz. Um, if you Google profit first or the pumpkin plan is another really good one of his, any of his books are great, but those two, if you Google those, you'll find it. It's, I, I don't even think it's worth trying to spell it. I, I wouldn't get it right. And it wouldn't help you. Well, one of my goals is I think it would be very helpful to the audience to actually have links to these books wherever mm -hmm. we are. So mm -hmm. it's kind of fun because I'm getting different answers with each interview. Cool. And, um, and that's why it's okay. It could be a recreational book, a business yeah. book. And that's why I don't tell my, my interviewees what I'm going to ask. Cause it's more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. So remind everybody how to find you and tell me if I forgot anything that you wanted to cover. I don't think so. I think my website is Lone Orange, L-O-N-E, orange, like the fruit.com. So think of the Lone Ranger. Um, and um, I'm on Facebook primarily. So again, just at Lone Orange. Um, if you are, can I offer a free gift? Sure. So if you're interested in kind of learning more and figuring out if you have a business that's scalable or kind of where you're at, maybe figure out some of the gaps that you might not be seeing, um, you can go to loanorange.com slash SSI. And the SSI stands for Scaling Success Inventory. So it's a quick, like less than five minute quiz, but it's going to give you some deep information about where you're at and those four pillars that I talked about and where you can focus first to start kind of shoring up that foundation. Beautiful. So I would love for anybody who's interested to find out if they're, they have a scalable business to go take that. That is, that is awesome. We really appreciate that. And we'll make sure that that gets publicized as well. I think Miss Carmela is helping us with such logistics. Perfect. I'm not that organized, quite frankly. <laughs> So that's great. Well, Tiffany, I appreciate you being here so much. It's so good to see you. And My pleasure. Uh, I'll see you on the chat. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Bobby. Thanks for the opportunity. You bet.